Marie. Back in the day, uh, myself and, and some of you uh, sitting out there uh, today went to uh, a little school we had in the grounds here called Clinton Baptist or Clinton Christian School. Clinton Christian School, and uh, we uh, uh, we had a basketball team. I had the opportunity to play on the basketball team there, and and our uniforms were were uh, blue and gold, and so. Um, I got one of those uniforms, I made the team, and uh, um, when I was playing for the team, you know, that's what we'd put on, uh, the blue and gold. Um, and while I was on the team, I mean, if, if, I, if I didn't wear the uniform, I'd still be on the team, but it'd be kind of strange, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of strange for me to run out there, everyone else has a uniform on, and I'm just like in my street clothes, you know? Um, we have a softball team here. We've got a few games coming up this week. We've got the playoffs the following week. And I uh, probably saw when you walk in, you know, we've got the traveling trophy out there. And, and we, put the, we, put the, uh, we, we, we proudly display our hat on the traveling trophy as long as we have it there. Um, it's the blue and orange. And when somebody joins the team for the, uh, the Clinton Baptist softball team, uh, the first thing we do, you know, if they play one game for us, even, they get a hat. They get a hat. And, uh, you know, if they, if, they, if they show up without their hat, I still, I let them play. I'm not happy about it. I gave you a hat, you know. Wear the hat. But, uh, you know, we still, they're still on the team if they don't, if they don't, uh, I would take you, to show, show your hat there. Uh, yeah, turn there's, there's the hat right there. Sean, Sean's not on the team yet, but he's going to be one day. And so he got him in the blue-orange hat. All right, you can put it down now, Sean. <laughs> um, but uh, so if someone doesn't wear the hat and they're on the team, they're still on the team, you know, but uh, it's nice if they got the hat. Uh, I'm a married man, and I'm a part of that, that great club. It's the, it's the uh, Happily Married Man Club, all right? Um, and, you know, it was, it was a little strange, but when I first got married, you know, when, the, when we got married during the ceremony, we put this, put this ring on here. And uh, I'd never worn a ring on that finger before, so it, it, a little different, you know, but uh, I've had that ring ever since. Um, there's been times when I haven't worn it, just doing different tasks and so on. I just felt it would be better if I took it off. And at those times when I took it off, you know, it, I didn't cease to be married. I was still married. But wearing that ring, you know, and I do wear it most of the time, I, without shame, and I guess I could say proudly display the fact that I'm, I'm a part of that club. I'm the happily married man club. I wear this ring. And, uh, and, and so it is. Those things are illustrations of baptism. Those things are illustrations of baptism. Um, if, if someone has put their trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they haven't been baptized... You know that this ring it didn't make me it doesn't make me more or less married. Okay? But it's a demonstration of the fact that I'm married. And why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I say yes? I'm happy to wear this wedding ring. And uh, when someone has put their trust in Jesus Christ as their personal savior, the Bible says they are now in Christ. They are immersed as it were in Christ. And that is, that's the important part. But baptism, 
It's something that we can do out of obedience and adherence to, to God's word. And the, way, the, the opportunity, really the privilege that God gives us to demonstrate unashamedly before others that I'm in Christ. And if I don't get baptized, but I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I'm still in Christ. I'm still in Christ. But it's a wonderful step to take. And we're going to talk a little more about that uh, here this morning. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We know that Jesus, He came and he, he, he is the model to us. He's the one that we look to for faith and practice. And He even modeled baptism to us. And we find that here in, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 3. It's a remarkable a little uh, uh, snapshot into His life. And it says there in verse uh, 13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of Him. You know, He's called John the, the Baptist or the baptizer. Um, and, uh, well, I don't know, if John was today, he probably would be Baptist if he was here, but that's not what, the, uh, what John was in those days. He was, uh, he was the one that really pointed the way um, for those that would come to Christ. His baptism was called the baptism of repentance. And in water baptism, there was a picture there. There was a picture in the repentance for which John called people. There was a, a picture of the fact that people were needy. There was a picture of the fact that the people um, had great need for what Jesus was going to fulfill. And so he pointed to Jesus. He was the herald for Jesus. And uh, if you go back in, in, uh, in this passage, you know, um, basically John says, he uh, probably points to John as one who um, didn't see himself as being worthy uh, to even, you know, tie the shoe of Jesus. Uh, um, he, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I must, I must decrease. He must increase. And so John, he talked about an example of a man who was just willing to fulfill his role humbly of what God had called him to do to the glory of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist is a great example of that. But in verse 13 it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him. In other words, John said, no, I, I could not put upon myself the honor of, of baptizing you, Jesus. Um, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? I, Jesus, I'm the one that needs you, you don't need me. And Jesus answering said unto him, look at this, suffer it to be so now. In other words, John, you know, work with me on this. Um, for thus it becometh us to, full, uh, to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. In other words, uh, John did go ahead and baptize him. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I pray now as we look at this aspect of baptism, Lord, just encourage us as to what a wonderful thing it is. And those that are taking that step of obedience today, that you would just, uh, in their uh, hearts, confirm what a great uh, thing this is and, and and how uh, Jesus himself uh, showed us uh, that this was wonderful and a good thing to do. And I pray that you impress that upon us now in Jesus' name. Amen. We talk about baptism. Baptism, scripturally, is a personal decision. You know, we don't coerce people to be baptized. And we certainly don't take people who can't make a decision for themselves and make them be baptized. Or put them through uh, th those steps. 
And uh, we, do have, we do have, at times, if parents choose, we do have baby dedications. But it's, it's kind of like for the parents to say, you know, we before the Lord commit to bring up this child for the best we can in the nurture and admonition of Jesus Christ. It doesn't do anything uh, uh, spiritual at that point for that child. It doesn't save that child. It's just a commitment by, by the parents uh, to, to, to uh, be uh, godly parents in, in that respect. In the Bible, and Jesus showed us here, that he was intentional of his will... He modeled this to us. This was a personal decision by him uh, to do this. And uh, we have a young man who is going to be uh, baptized uh, uh, today. And, uh, you know, he, he, we had to make sure with him, he doesn't communicate as much as most of us do. He communicates in a, in a very limited fashion. But yet he does communicate. And he's able to understand the gospel. And, and he was able to understand as his parents have, 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 uh, um, have explained to him numerous times what baptism was. And how because he had trusted Jesus that if he wanted to, he could be baptized. And in, in, in his, his somewhat limited, limited capacity to, uh, to communicate in the past, he, he, he has said no to that. But recently, he has said yes. He has said yes that he wants to do that. And... Uh, and that, is, that, that just thrills me that you have a young man here who understands the, the gospel and who understands that he has that opportunity if he desires. But it's his decision. It's his decision. And so when you see Matthew being baptized today, you can know that, that it was Matthew's decision to do that. And uh, the other three uh, that get baptized, it's their decision uh, to do that. It was Jesus' decision. And that's what makes it meaningful, right? I mean, it was my decision to get married. Um, it's the decision of each one of these men, you know, to say, I'm gonna, or women to play, I'm going to put on the, the blue and orange, you know, as it were, for, for Clinton Baptist Church. It was my decision to join the basketball team. Those are decisions that were meaningful. We didn't have to be coerced into that. I mean, if someone has to be badgered and, and, and coerced or, or made against their will to enter into a marriage, how meaningful would that be? Right? But if, but if somebody uh, um, uh, has a relationship there, and because it's in their heart, because this is something that's joyful to them, because this is something that's meaningful to them, they say, I want to personally identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has loved me. He's died for me. He has saved me. He's given purpose and meaning to my life. What would I have to be embarrassed about to stand in front of others and say, I want to, I want to identify with him. I want to identify with his life, his death and burial, and maybe most of all, his resurrection. And uh, so it's a personal decision. And that's what makes it meaningful. Um, you know, sometimes people take Bible doctrines and they kind of turn them into like sp spooky, mystical things. Right? And uh, like somehow, you know, going, uh, and I don't care how clean we make this water here. You know, well, hopefully it is pretty clean. All right. And I don't, I don't care, you know, um, I don't, that this water is in, it, it's in the church building. It doesn't make that, you know, this is, it's still a building. It doesn't make that holy water. It's just water. All right. And uh, it's probably going to be kind of cold. And it's, it's, it's wet like any other water. And when we go under, it's going to mess our hair up. It's just water, right? Um, but you know, it's, it's a symbol. 
And when we go into that water, it doesn't, it doesn't wash away our sins. It doesn't clean anything except, you know, maybe if we had a little bit of grub on us because it's water, it'll solvent, it'll do that. Um, we're not going to have a bar of soap in there or anything. But, you know, we are going to be baptized. And it's a picture, it's a picture of what we believe. It's a picture of what Jesus has already done. And it's something that personally somebody can take a part in. A personal decision. Exemplified by Jesus here and in obedience to Jesus. Look what Jesus says. Jesus answered and said unto him, unto John, Look, you know, I would appreciate if you would do this for me because I am demonstrating to others that this is something that is right. This fulfills righteousness. It is something that I am modeling to everybody that comes after me and follows in my footsteps that this is righteousness. This is a good thing to do. And uh, we, we often call it one of the, you know, the, the potentially the first step of obedience for a believer. Um, you know, what does hinder me to be baptized? Uh, one uh, uh, Philip uh, 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 was asked. And uh, he said to that new convert, well, look, if you, if you believe... If you, if you put your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing hinders you from being baptized. That's a great step of obedience you know, before the, these people that are with us in this caravan right now for you to, to, uh, 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 to demonstrate that you are a, a believer. And it says that after that, um, this, this man, this Ethiopian man, went joyfully from that occasion. You know why he went joyfully from that occasion? Because he knew in his heart that he had taken a step of obedience. Have you ever experienced that? God works in your heart, and, 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 and He shows you something that's right, and He wants you to make a decision, right? And when you make that decision, what do you experience? There's a unique joy to that. There really is. You obeyed the Lord. There's something that really nothing can substitute to that. There's nothing else that can be quite the same of you having been led by God personally to see a truth and responding to that from your heart. That's a joyful thing. And, uh, and so it's a personal decision exemplified by Jesus in obedience to Jesus and out of love for Jesus. Out of love for Jesus. And, you know, the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why? His commandments aren't grievous. His commandments are wonderful. They're meaningful. I chose to be baptized because I love Jesus. He saved me. Um, he's, he's the most wonderful man there's ever been and I get to have a personal relationship with him. And because of that, I can be forever with my God. And I don't care, you know, what else anybody offers me in my, in my lifetime. There's nothing that compares to that. And there's nothing that I want to align myself with and identify with more than the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a way that I can show him that I love him um, uh, through baptism. So it's a personal decision. And secondly, it's a prescribed depiction. And it's a It's a picture. It's a picture. It's a, uh, it's a biblically prescribed depiction of what we have in Christ, of being in Christ. The Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If we are in Christ, we are new creatures already. The baptism doesn't make us a new creature, but it's a picture and oftentimes people take that picture to heart to say, you know, I already am a new creature. And this is kind of like a symbol of the fact as I go into this water of the fact that I want to live like this new creature. Right. And um, and so it's a prescribed depiction of being in Christ. The term baptism, if, if you study it out, it's in the Bible a lot. 
And most, you know that, 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 that more than half of the times that the Bible uh, uses the word baptism is not in the context of water baptism? You should study it out sometime. Um, I, just, I looked at, at, at the book of Matthew. Uh, four times water baptism. Um, four times just used in the general and in, in situational uh, terminology of immersion. The word baptism is a transliteration of a Greek word, baptizo, and it means to be immersed. It means to be placed into. Right? And so most, more than half of the times in the Bible, I looked at the, the book of Mark, four times talks about water baptism, four times just generally using the term baptism, without the context talking about water. Um, Luke, six times to three. John, uh, three times water, two times general. And then in Acts... Six times it talks about water baptism, several, uh, seven times, just generally using the term, four times Holy Spirit baptism, and, uh, and then it speaks of John's baptism, the, the, the baptism of repentance, two times. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all that to say this, that the term baptism is the term that means to be put into, to be placed into, to be immersed into. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And, uh, and so baptism is just a, it's a, it's a, a symbol, it's a, it's a prescribed biblical depiction of being in Christ. And secondly, of believing in Christ, of believing in Christ. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter um, um, 16. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And we'll pick it up in verse 25, 16:25. Now Paul and Silas, they're, they're incarcerated uh, for their beliefs. And it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. <laughs> that's what they were doing as they were in prison. And uh, the prisoners heard them. So, well, that's a little different, right? And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. Everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had fled. If the prisoners escaped on his watch, he's a dead man anyways. All right? That was going to be the consequences for that. But verse 28 says, But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for uh, a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs! What must I do to be saved? Now, how do you think he knew to ask them that question? Because he had seen their lifestyle. He had seen, even through the hard circumstances to which they were going, they had the joy of the Lord. How, the, how do you know that? They were praying, and they were singing. And as they were praying, I'm sure they talked about, you know, the joy of the Lord is our salvation, and Lord, you have saved us, and, and, and no, no matter what happens to us, we, we, we can have that assurance and that joy. And I'm sure as they sang, there was truth about salvation in the songs. And so when the guy, you know, saw that they were still there, he, he could ask them that question. Hey, if I'm going to go to someone to ask how to be saved, I'm going to go to someone that talks about that, shows evidence of that, lives that out in some way, right? And uh, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, look at this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it say? And thou shalt be saved in thy house. It doesn't say you've got to believe and keep all of the, this list of rules and sacraments. It doesn't, it doesn't say you have to add anything to that. 
Uh, it just says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. In thy house, if anybody in your household does that, they can be saved too. Right? Um, that's a great truth. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. They explained that, the, 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 that further, the gospel. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. And so after they believed, you know, uh, they, they talked, I'm sure they explained him as part of that. Look, you can be, you can be baptized uh, as well. And it, it was because um, they had believed. And that's, and that's the pattern uh, throughout uh, the, the Bible. And, uh, and so that's a wonderful scenario there. Um, so it's a pre prescribed depiction of being in Christ, of believing in Christ, and also of belonging to Christ. It's identity. When these, when these individuals get baptized today, they say, you know, I belong to Jesus. I identify with him. Uh, we talked about the, the song, and the song instructed one another, right? In the song we sang, complete in thee. Remember singing that, right? The Bible says in Colossians 2.10, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And so when a person gets baptized, they say, you know, I'm complete. I, my identity is found in Jesus Christ, who is the head of it all. Um, and what a wonderful identity that is. Let me close with this. Baptism has a practical dimension to it. It's an illustration. It is a depiction. But it also, it has a practical dimension to it. Let's go, uh, if you're not still there, go back to uh, Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to read right on into Matthew chapter 4 as we conclude. Matthew chapter 3. So Jesus was baptized. Now this is, this is really important. And, and especially I would say to those that are getting baptized today, I, I'd encourage you to just uh, uh, to ponder this truth at this point because this is going to become very practical to you in the coming days. And so it says there, um, in verse 16, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. See, they came out of the water, right? So they'd gone down into the water. He's now coming up out of this water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And listen to this, the voice of his Father, the low a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And I believe that the Lord does that for everybody who follows uh, in Jesus' footsteps to identify. Man, God says, look, if you, if you confess me before others, I confess you before the, uh, men. And uh, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now look at verse, uh, 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 verse 1 of chapter 4. Then... Right after, you know, on the, on, the, on the heels of this happening, Jesus just had been baptized. It was a wonderful, I can say, like a mountaintop experience. He heard the confirmation from his father. This is a great thing for you to do. It was a wonderful, exciting occasion. Now look at chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness and to be tempted of the devil. Now, I'll tell you what, I've seen that happen so many times. A person gets baptized, and right after that, they have some unique trials come along. Right after that, there's some particular tests that happen. And people might even be like, you know, well, I just obeyed God. <laughs> I just went before Him, before everybody, and said I believed in Him. 
I mean, shouldn't God's favor be upon me now? Shouldn't everything go wonderful for me from this point on? Well, the greatest blessing you could ever have, by the way, is to hear God say, you're doing the right thing. I'm pleased in your decision. But you know what brings glory to God? Is if after we do that, it's, it's sort of like in a way we're giving lip service to it. Now we can continue, no matter what comes along, no matter how we're tested, no matter how our resolve is tried at that point, we'll say, not only did I just talk about that, not only did I go through, under some water to, to, to picture that, but I, in a very real sense, I'm going to live that out now. No matter what happens to me in my life, I'm going to stay committed to the Jesus in whom I find my identity. You know, Jesus here, he was tempted in all points like we are. He was tempted with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, things that might come before our, our, our eyes, our flesh wants to go after, pride, he was tempted in areas of pride. All of those things that you can identify right now because you're tempted in the same way. Yet Jesus was tempted in all those areas without sin. And you know why? Because at every point he would say, no, because it is written. I'm not going to go after that because it is written. It was written that it was good for me to be baptized, and now it is written for me that it's good for me to obey you in every other area of my life as well. And I'm not going to say, hey, everything's going great today on this mountaintop experience. I'm excited. People were excited for me. We had a celebration feast. That was a day of baptism. It was great. And then when real life, as it were, strikes us the next few days, few weeks, or few years, all of a sudden, you know, it's not quite as exciting. I mean, being for 40 days in the wilderness without anything to eat to Jesus, that, to me, does not sound like an exciting span of time. 40 minutes sometimes, you know, for my boys, it's about being to go foraging, you know. Um, and look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm injured right now. I'm not used to being injured. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, like, limp around, right? But look, I'm not going to let that steal the joy of the Lord for me. God is good. He's given me so many blessings. He saved my sorry soul. <laughs> and there was a day when I stood before him, uh, and others, and was baptized. But you know, every day since, and there's also unique opportunities to show that we are in Christ. And I'm in Him. And there's a practical aspect of that to show our sincerity, our integrity, and our identity as we go down life's road. And as we're doing that, you know who you're identifying with? Jesus, who is tempted and tried in every point like we are, yet without sin. And it happened right after He was baptized. And so, look, uh, Christian, wherever you are right now, um, it's a fresh day that you can identify with Jesus. As you rejoice with those who are doing that in particular right now in a few minutes, you're identifying with Jesus as well, along with them. But know that along the way in this world, this, this sorry, fallen world, there's challenges. There's injuries. There's things that are going to try and tempt us. Each one of those situations is a fresh opportunity for us to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ in the same spirit in which we did in baptism. It's a new opportunity. And when Paul and Silas were in that prison, that was a bad place to be. And they didn't know what the future held. 
And they didn't know what was going to become of them. But what were they doing? They were praying to that same God still, and they were singing to that same God because their life circumstances didn't change what their commitment was. And uh, let that be an encouragement to each one of you here today, uh, Christian, along the way. We've got a word of prayer here in just a moment. And uh, as